0: You're listening to the Makers Making Money podcast, a place where business-minded makers will learn how to sell their products, make money, and build a small business. Here's your host, Katie. Hi, Makers. Welcome back. Episode 12, Makers Making Money. So glad you're here to join me. I hope you've had a great week and a great weekend, and you're ready to get kickstarted. Next week on Monday, um, I don't know why I'm being so energetic right now. I'm not really an excitable person on Sundays. Um, It's definitely my least favorite day of the week, just thinking about going back to quote-unquote work on Monday, although now I enjoy my job a lot better than I did in the past. Um, It's still just kind of that dread of all the week ahead. But I hope you're having a great Sunday and enjoying the last bits of the weekend that we have. So today for episode 12, we are going to talk about an interesting topic. I feel like I say that every week, but um, we're going to talk about niching your business. And I'm going to try to avoid saying this word too much because every time I say the word niche, I feel like I'm pronouncing it incorrectly and I'm not 100% sure if I'm saying it right. Um, But this episode is to niche or not to niche. That is the question. Um, And I'm going to talk about four ways that I simplified my online shop. So when I started researching, as I mentioned, I I feel like I've said this a million times, but I do woodworking and I started out selling on Etsy. And when I was researching Etsy and looking at other people's shops and stuff like that, I definitely found that um, a lot of shops were very specific. And I I remember seeing that early on, like, oh, these, you know, this, this shop sells a very specific set of this very specific type of product, like maybe some shops sell like a specific type or style of like framed art or or whatever it is. And I always wondered why why were the Etsy shops that I was seeing as I was researching why were they all so specific to to one kind of very relatively narrow product category. Um so I was wondering that and I was thinking, you know, as as I was planning my products should I be so specific with my products? Because when I was initially thinking about it, I thought I'll just go more broad and, and, I do woodworking, but I'm going to come up with different types of woodworking items that aren't very specific. And it's just kind of a more broad pr- product range. That was my initial thought. That is what I ended up doing. Um, but I definitely noticed that people were pretty specific, especially in the well-established Etsy shops that were making a good amount of sales. And they seemed like they had a decent amount of history and business and stuff like that. So that was something that I noticed very early on was that people definitely had chosen a niche and it seemed like they pretty much stuck with it. Um, But it was still something that I questioned in those early, early days. So as I mentioned, in the end, I did end up going with my gut instinct at the time, which was to create a broad set of like 10 products is what I started out with, and make them just things that spoke to me different. It was, some of it was home decor. Some of it was like more of a functional, like something you could use in the office or something like that. Um, but I went with this broader product range to start out. And, um, that was, it was nice to do it that way because I wasn't completely sold on one thing that I could do really well. I was very new to woodworking and I had only made a handful of things for myself. And so a lot of this stuff, I was making it specifically for the purpose of making it a listing in my Etsy shop. So um, I went with this broad product range, created 10 different things, and then I decided I'll just put them up there and see if any of these things sell because I had no idea if they would at the time. Um, so I early on i saw like what w- what what the front runners were going to be in my shop a couple of things were the the really the two things that that really took off and started making sales were pretty much like maybe two maybe three or four items at the most um but it was very clear to see very early on what the front runners were going to be so from there, I could I could kind of be like, okay, well, these products are selling well, other stuff's not selling, but I still hadn't populated my shop with a lot of other listings at the time. So I stuck with my original listings. I kept the stuff up there, even though most of it wasn't selling and just these few things were selling pretty well. Um, and then I decided, you know, from there, then I'll kind of try to customize a little bit. But I never really, I still didn't think that I was going to like niche down that much. I still thought, you know, I'll just make a broad range of wood home decor products and that will be my niche. Um, Now after a couple of years in business, I really didn't recently start seeing the value in in picking a more specific niche um, until recently and I've really eliminated a lot of the products from my shop and I'm going to talk about that in, in the four things that I've done to simplify my shop um, but, but I definitely think my conclusion is that there's there's certainly a value in choosing a niche and becoming more specialized in a more specific type of product and then creating variations and different um, styles amongst that um, kind of around that product idea so i'll get into that shortly, okay, so basically, once my product started taking off and I could identify what the Most popular things were going to be, then I could kind of focus on that and improving my listings for those products. So that's what I did in my first like probably year or even two years. You know, my photography was pretty bad for a while. It wasn't until like the last six months, I would say, that it started to improve. And it definitely still needs help, but it's a lot better than where I started. Um, But basically, this year, I would say I really started choosing my niche and really sticking to it. And how I've done that is looking at my best-selling items, which I basically have two listings that are my top sellers, and that is the bread and butter of my business. Even though in my shop I probably have maybe 20 to 30 listings now, I really have a couple of products, and now I have more variations, which I'll talk about. So it's not just two listings. Um, it's a few more than that now because of the different variation sizes and stuff like all those are separate listings. Um, but, but two main product ideas are what really sells. So what I did is the one product, which is a wood wall pocket, it's something that hangs on the wall, you can put like dried flowers, dried greenery, stuff like that in it. That is my hands down best selling Um, item in my shop. So I, over time, I did um, probably about a year into my business, I did end up creating like a larger size of the wood wall pocket. So then I had two sizes. Now this year, I created a third size of the wall pocket. And so that's, there's three listings, three customizations, or three types of this one best selling item right there. And then I added an option of having like a stain plus paint combo kind of like a dip painted style for the pockets. So my 3 listings went to 6 listings. So now I have 6 different variations of this one product that I'm selling. Um that is one of my best sellers. So so that's how I've started to niche down in my business is create more use this product that's selling really well and create more ideas based on that product and different styles, but still kind of essentially the same product, but different people might like a different style. So some are smaller, some are long and skinny, some are whatever it is. So that is the number one way that I've started to kind of simplify my product offering is to stick to what is working and build around those things. So that... I just, I became the wood wall pocket builder and that's fine. It's something I enjoy building. It's very easy to build. It's, it's simple. It's not complicated. It falls right into my woodworking skill set, And so, so that is what I've become. And then my other product, which is a bestseller is a wood stand. That is, it works with this specific type of water filter, which is like a Berkey water filter. It sits on the countertop. So this is a, a wood stand that goes on the countertop. Um, And then I offer that I'm I'm now up to two variations of that product, meaning two different sizes. One is like a little bit shorter. One's a little bit taller. Both are countertop stands. Um, And that would be the other item in my shop that is my best seller. So these two items are my bread and butter. I'm creating more variations, building around them rather than going back to the drawing board and thinking I have to come up with more products from scratch. I'm building around what's already working. Okay, the second way that I have simplified my online shop is to remove listings that aren't performing well just pretty much immediately now. Um, I didn't always do that. I kept everything around, like I mentioned in the beginning, because I just didn't have a lot of listings. And from what I understood from doing my Etsy research is that the more listings you have, the better it is and the more discoverable your shop will be or like the more easily it is to come up in, in search results. So I always kept those around. But now that I'm, like I mentioned, creating those different variations, building more listings from the products that are working the best in my shop, now I have no remorse about getting rid of the stuff that's not performing. So immediately I just remove those things. If they don't fall in my niche, they don't belong in my shop anymore. We're done. We part ways. Um, so that is the second thing is remove non-performing listings and and don't worry about it. Replace them with things that will actually sell. Okay, so the third way that I have simplified my online shop and niche down is to... Um, remove products that that were problematic in some way. Um so some of the products that I had I just didn't enjoy building them. There was just something about the process that was a nuisance or it was just like a little bit of a reach beyond my technical skill set or or something like that. I just those things those are problematic to me, I remove them. I have other things that are selling much better. So removing Things that aren't fun to make, okay? Then the other types of problematic products, what I put in this problematic category is things that are too fragile or too difficult to ship. There are some things that I made, they're really beautiful, I love them, I use them in my home, but shipping them was a nightmare just because of the way that they were built, packaging them and expecting or hoping that they would arrive in one piece was just it became problematic on too many instances. Sometimes it would be fine and there'd be no issues, but there were those few times when there were issues and it was just, it was more than I wanted to deal with. So I removed those products, fragile, difficult to ship. No, we don't have time for that anymore. Um, We have to be focused on things that are working out. Okay, and then the last type of problematic products that I removed from my shop were anything that had a low margin. So you know, you're just not making the money that you want to make from it. Like, for example, I had something that it was actually like a ramp for a cat, a cat ramp. So you could put it by the bed so that your cat could get onto the bed. Now, I don't have a cat. I know people that have a cat. I know that a lot of people love animals. I love animals too, dearly, but I just am not responsible to have a pet of my own right now or probably ever in my life. Um, but basically, I built this cat ramp and I had it in my shop. The lo- margin was very low. It was annoying to build. It ended up huge. It was difficult to ship. It was just like, it was just a nuisance. And and the most important thing is that I wasn't making enough money to make it worth this process. So anything low margin, it has to go. We have to stick to what's working. If things are working out for you, if you have products that are selling and, and you feel like you're really um, doing well with those products, build around those. Make that your focus. And And who cares about the stuff that's not working? And even if there's stuff in your shop that's selling, like there are some of the listings that I've sold that i or sorry, that I've removed that, you know, I was probably making maybe a couple hundred dollars a month off of those listings um, but even that amount of money, the headache that went into it, the nuisance that it was it was to build, the riskiness that it was to ship this item, it's just not worth the the headache and the anxiety that it can cause. So those products get removed. All right, now the fourth way that the fourth and final way that I simplified my shop was to stay true to my style as a creator. So what I mean by this is in the early days of creating my shop, I had some products that I felt if I had to go to my shop based on those products that I started with, those 10 products, if I had to choose what are my two favorite products or what are the two products that I would spend my money on, those products are the products that became my best seller. So it's it's that little kind of intuitive part of you that you have to listen to as a creator. Whatever you love, whatever you're drawn towards, probably your customers will be drawn towards that too. If if they like and appreciate your style, um, so my style is definitely very simplistic. The things that I made are, make are very simple. They're very earthy, um, and that is just my style. So I stay true to that. As I'm thinking of new products to add to my shop, I make sure do they do they have do they relate to my best selling items, that niche that I've now identified? And are they true to my brand? Do they flow with with what the rest of the products in my shop are? So make sure that you're, you're really looking within for your inspiration, not trying to imitate or copy what other people are doing. I definitely went through my, that phase in my making career as well. And I wanted to do what I saw was working really well for other people, but it didn't work for me because it wasn't true to me. It wasn't my style. It wasn't my calling. It just wasn't me. So really search within for that. And, and yeah, that's what I mean by staying true to your brand, using your creativity and really tapping into that. What speaks to you is probably going to also speak to your customers. So, so don't underestimate the value of that. So those are the four ways that I've simplified my online shop. Definitely niching down has saved me a lot of headache because as my business grows, as I'm making more sales, time becomes more valuable. And I I definitely have to manage my time and make sure that I can work very efficiently. So I feel like choosing those core products, focusing on those offering a few different styles of those but it's basically the same type of build the same type of work that goes into it has really helped me to create more of a seamless workflow where I can just as orders are coming in I can kind of like mass produce things in my 200 square foot basement shop as you saw last week Um, but the more efficient you can become and the more you can smooth out your operation, the easier things will be as you grow and you'll be able to adjust and and grow along with with your business. So definitely I would, my conclusion, again, going to say this, I think there's a lot of value in niching down, choosing um, the products that are working for you and really focusing on that. So I'd love to hear how you guys are have done similar practices in your business or if you have any suggestions how to make things more simple as you grow, how to keep things manageable as a one person running it all business person. Um, so reach out to me on Instagram at makersmakingmoney. money. I love to hear from you guys. And again, I hope you have a great week ahead. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Makers Making Money podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Makers Making Money and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week with a brand new episode.